welcome to the Christian Call Center where Jesus is on the main line and we're online too. Hello, everybody. It is May, and May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Woo! Yeah. Yay! <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. And in honor of this amazing month, we have a special guest for today's episode. We introduce our new guest today. Please welcome Miss Julie Zeno. She is the proud founder and owner of the Life to Win Academy, an empowerment organization for personal and professional growth. So welcome to you, Sister Julie. Yes, yes. Glad to be here. Okay, so before we begin, we just want to do a quick little mental check in, you know, for everybody. How's everybody feeling? How would you rate your mental health on a scale of one to ten? Today or in general? Let's say in, let's say both. Today, I'll give a solid five. Same. Um, today, I would say I'm at about um, probably a seven today. But overall, um, I believe I'm probably a 9.5. Oh, wow. Okay. That is awesome. What is your overall, John and Brandy? Five. Um, I'll give it a seven. You said five, too, Brandy? Yes. Okay. All right. For me, I would say today I'm at eight. I've been a pretty, I've had a really good day today. And overall, I would say a seven because I'm still working on my mental health so but that's me um so with that being said since we are talking about our mental health we are talking about um how we feel kind of on a daily basis i just want to start off by um speaking to our guest miss julie about her background in therapy how did you start how did you get to where you are now feel free to share a little bit about like your background what you do all of that stuff Okay. Um, well, growing up, um, I'm the seventh of 11 children. And so I was always surrounded by like tons of people, right? <laughs> Being a kid of a, a household with that many children. And so, um, of course, there were a lot of, um, you know, bickering, the normal bickering, the normal, um, you know, that's my toy. No, it's my toy. No, it's my toy type situation because there were multiple children in the house, right? And so I was always the one who kind of uh, uh, was the problem solver. Like, hey, let's talk it out. Let's let's process it. Like, how are you feeling? How did it make you feel? Um, and so I was always that person as a kid growing up, you know, coming up in elementary, middle school. Um, I was always the problem solver and just wanting people to um, kind of come together, figure things out, talk about issues. 
Um, I'm really big on communication and I've always been that way. And so it was kind of inevitable that I would, you know, um, some way end up in, um, I guess, working in a field where I um, was able to translate those things over into my uh, professional work. And so that's how I ended up in social work um, and ultimately, you know, ended up doing therapy, which I absolutely uh, enjoy. Okay, that sounds um, that sounds good. So you said you had a lot of experience kind of like being the problem solver for your family. So how did those experiences kind of help and guide you to where you landed today? Right. And so again, having multiple um, people in a household, you know, there's different personalities, there's different um, styles of communication, there's different temperaments. And so um, learning to navigate <clears throat> that with, with my siblings and with my huge family, um, you know, it's helped me, um, to become, you know, I guess where I am or, or, or where I am in, in my work. And, um, you know, it's not solely because of, um, the dynamics of my family. Um, I really took a liking into mental health. Um, per se, like in, in graduate school, when I was getting my my social work degree, mm -hmm. um, I just really took a liking to mental health. And um, I did my internship at an inpatient hospital for two years. Mm -hmm. And I was really intrigued because I had never seen it before. I had never seen mental illness the way that I saw it, like in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And so um, to see individuals come into the hospital psychotic seven days later, you know, they're totally different. They look different. They talk different. Um, and, you know, it was a combination of therapy and medication and, you know, support. And so um, seeing that transformation, I was just intrigued and I was like, oh, my God, like, I want to be a part of this. And so um, that was back in 2011. And I've been in, in uh, working in mental health since 2011. Okay, awesome. So um, you also mentioned a little bit about being a life coach. So how does that differ a little bit from like therapy? Right. And so transformation life, transformational life coaching um, is pretty, it's, it's similar to therapy, but it's different because therapy, we're using um, certain modalities. We're talking about using cognitive behavioral therapy, or we're talking about DBT, or we're talking about reality therapy. We're using certain modalities. With um, life coaching, it's not a, a particular modality you're using. Um, it's trans transformation of the mind. And so, um, you know, you present with an issue, with a problem, um, and you, um, we go through the steps, we go, we do the work, and it's a transformation of your mind. And with you transforming your mind um, within that process, you're transforming your situation. Um, and again, I'm not using a um, therapy modality. And so that's the difference. Okay. Um, so when you meet people, let's say like in church or outside of church and Sometimes we may find ourselves getting into these conversations about mental health and therapy. Where do you think um, that stigma stems from about like only getting into therapy if you have problems? Or is that a good mindset to even have? Like the only reason I would need therapy is if 
I have something wrong with me. Right. And so I'm not sure where that stigma came from. Um, I have not, um, you know, read into that enough to, to give a, 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 an opinion on it, like where it actually came from, where it stemmed from, when it started. But um, I can say that therapy is not only for the mentally ill. Therapy is not only for individuals whose lives are just jacked up. You know, um, I've been in therapy um, before and therapy helped me to um, see things from different views, from different perspectives. Therapy actually helped me to learn more about myself, which in return helped me um, to be to be able to better um, position myself in um, dealing with individuals, recognizing you know, okay, well, I'm this personality type. I kind of can recognize, okay, they're this personality type. Um, okay, and so maybe I need to take a step back or, you know, maybe I can dive in here first. I mean, there's so many different things you learn in therapy and it's not just for individuals who suffer um, with uh, mental illnesses or, you know, may have poor mental health because those two things, um, people get it, you know, confused at times, you know, thinking that mm-hmm. mental health is an a mental illness and it's not necessarily the truth. So, um, mental, I'm sorry, uh, therapy. It's, mm-hmm. I, I encourage therapy for everyone. I believe every yeah. individual at some point of life should enroll in therapy, even if it's for you just to, um, become a little, little more intimate with yourself and learning mm-hmm. yourself. I 100% agree with that. And I'm speaking from from myself and kind of like experiences that I've been through, like mental health was never talked about, you know, in our home, especially coming from not only black families, but Christian families as well. So for your personal experience, I guess my first question would be, did you what did you get any kind of backlash for choosing to go to therapy from like your family, your parents or anything like that or anyone in your community? Um, I, I did not because I think prior to me seeking this route of like trying to figure out what is this, you know, um, and so early on in life, I went to therapy just to go because I wanted to see what it's about, what, you know, what can I learn about myself? How can I grow? And so that was, um, at one point, okay. Recently I was in therapy because of experiencing, um, anxiety and panic attacks and not really knowing where this is stemming from. And so um, when I talked to my family, talked to my parents about it, um, of course I educated them because again, I didn't grow up hearing about mental illnesses, mental health. You know, I didn't know about it. I learned about it in grad school. And so I educated my parents for them to understand, first of all, what I was dealing with. Um, what are the negative, um, you know, impacts if this does not, uh, if, 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 you know, if I don't, you know, give attention to this and, um, you know, what would be the benefits of me, um, going this route? And so I guess once talking to them, educating them, um, and, and assuring them, it's not a lack of my faith in God. Um, it's not a lack of, you know, uh, my faith in, in the word of God. Um, but this is what I need. 
you know, based on the signs and the symptoms that I'm exhibiting, this is what I need. So once I educated them, they were very supportive and open to, um, you know, being a part of the process, being supportive in whatever way that they possibly could. Um, but I think if I would have just jumped into it and just, you know, said, hey, this is what I'm doing. Um, I'm very close with my parents, with my family. Um, they probably would have probably given a little backlash just because of lack of knowledge. And so um, once they were educated, I believe they were more receptive. That's good. That's good. And I wanted to ask, because you mentioned this earlier, that you went the first time you went to therapy. It was because you just wanted to know what therapy was about. And I think that's I think that's really important for people in general, but also for Christians really, who might think about going to therapy or might think about, hey, maybe this is something I need, but I don't know. Because a lot of it is because we don't know. You know, and like you said, you you educated your parents about it and stuff like that. So I guess my question is how can somebody go about, I mean, other than obviously going to therapy, how, what's the route for somebody to go to therapy, e even if they just want to know what it's about? Like, how would you, how would you recommend somebody go about doing that? Right. And so um, we're, our, our, I guess our topic is, is we're talking about mental health um, from a Christian perspective. Christian's perspective or mental health in the church, mental, mental health and spirituality. Um, okay. So to answer the question, but before I answer, let me just say the church, the church should be a place of, um, safety for people. Um, the church should be a place of, um, community for people. Um, so that any struggle you may have, not just the mental struggle, um, a, a physical struggle, a financial struggle, um, an emotional struggle, any type of struggle that an individual is um, facing, you know, the church should be a place of safety, meaning I should be able to go to church. I should be able to have, you know, those two or three people that I feel, you know, hey, I can be honest, open, vulnerable. I can talk to them. I can um, I can show the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, um, and, and those people um, should allow me to be honest in asking for prayer. Um, hey, can you route me in the direction of, you know, uh, some professional that you may know or have heard of? Um, hey, have you heard of anyone maybe taking medication or, you know, you know of anyone I can go and see? Um, if not, you know. I think the next step would be to go outside of the church um, because I do believe the church for Christians is it, it's our refuge. It's our place of safety. And so everything that we need should stem from the church. And sometimes that goes outside of the church because we're referred out, but I think it's a, it should stem from um, the church because I do believe that, um, the people of God, having God's word and having the knowledge of God will steer and guide us in the right direction. And so to answer your question, um, I would start with, even if it's your pastor, you know, um, talking to them about what you're experiencing, what you're facing, 
um, what you're struggling with. If, if it's from a mental um, health perspective, talking to those people about your struggles and what you're facing. It may be a Sunday school teacher. It may be the choir director. Um, talking to those individuals that you feel comfortable with, because I'm sure we've developed some relationship and bond with someone in our church um, and talking to them about it, asking for prayer, asking for them to join you in this journey um, of figuring out what it is I need to do. And then, you know, hey, do you know someone? Have you worked with someone? Have someone in your family worked with someone? Um, that type of thing. If that doesn't work for you, um, every insurance company, whether it's a private, a commercial, whether it's Medicaid, every insurance company um, have case management programs. And you simply can call your um, insurance company. And if you do not have insurance, that is totally fine as well. You can still reach out to the Department of Health in your state. And you can say, hey, I'm looking for resources for mental health. I would like to get into counseling. Um, what resources are available? If you don't have the money for co-pays, what, um, you know, what counselors are willing to accept individuals, you know, um, on a pro, pro bono basis? There are resources available for people um, that need help and assistance with mental illnesses and also mental health struggles, because, again, that's a difference. Um, and so going the route of the insurance company or Department of Health um, and then asking just individuals maybe that you see on social media. There are tons of mental health professionals on social media and they would love, you know, I know I enjoy receiving messages with people asking me, hey, you know, I see you're a social worker. I'm trying to find services for my kid. He's struggling in school. Can you help me? Oh, absolutely. That's what we're here for. And so those three things, I mean, you can't go wrong. One of those will work for you. Yeah, that was, sorry. I didn't know if you had a follow-up question, John. Well, I was going to say, so if I'm hearing you right, reaching out, so you don't necessarily have to have or at least feel like you have a problem to reach out to a professional. You just have to reach out is what you're saying. Absolutely. You do not have to have a problem um, to reach out to a professional um, in order to enroll in therapy. Now, some insurance companies do require a diagnosis um, after so many sessions if they are going to continue to pay for someone to attend therapy. But there are some private pay therapists who, you know, um, they will see individuals and they'll give provisional diagnosis or they'll, you know, I mean, they'll work it to where you can continue in therapy without having a diagnosis on file. Some insurance companies require a diagnosis. And so that's when we get into, oh, all these kids are being diagnosed with ADHD. And some of them really don't have ADHD, but it's because the insurance companies require a diagnosis on file. And I won't get into that. But um, yes, you do not have to have struggles and, you know, experience psychosis and you're mentally ill to be in therapy. Absolutely not. Okay, so I, going back to what you said prior to about, you know, seeking after um, help within your church, so talking to your pastor, talking to a Sunday school teacher, um, 
you know, and, and one thing I love about full gospel is that environment is there. So people can feel comfortable to go to different people within the church. But what about in a church where that might not necessarily be that environment? How would we like navigate the conversation to either create the environment or to find that help within your church community, especially if it's something that's not talked about? Right. And so if you're in a church and you are not receiving that support, my humble opinion, the church is a place of safety and refuge and every and anything that we need should be found in the church. Again, that doesn't necessarily mean it's actually in the church, but it can start in the church. And so if you're in an environment, you know, at a church where there is not a support system or there is not talks or um, you know, you may not feel comfortable or safe going to the to your pastor, to your school teacher, um, you know, reach out again. Everyone is on social media. Reach out to a mental health professional who can help you approach and navigate those conversations with your pastor, with your um, you know, Sunday school teacher, whoever the conversations will be held with. Of course, you know, getting approval and, and going through the proper chains. But um, a mental health professional, the information and the knowledge that we receive in school, you know, everybody does not have that knowledge. Just like everybody who went to medical school, I don't have the knowledge of a, of a, of a medical doctor because I didn't go to medical school. And so if there's a physical condition, um, you know, and I needed some help with maybe talking to a child or a spouse or a, a family member. Um, I can I can have a, a, a professional, a medical professional help me within those conversations um, so that they can kind of be a support, a backup if I get stuck or even taking the lead in those conversations because they're the experts. And so um, reach out to mental health professionals on social media and say, hey, this is what I'm experiencing. I don't feel that my church is um, a place where I can um, be vocal about this or I don't feel like I'm receiving the support I should be receiving. Again, there's a proper chain of command when doing this. Um, definitely do not <laughs> want individuals, you know, having to be called in because, um, you know, they've called their pastor and that's not what I'm saying. But just so that you can receive the support you need in navigating the conversation around mental health. Um, I do think it's important to have that expert available or that professional av available um, with the information, with the statistics, you know, with the, the actual um, facts about the situation so that, you know, you're not stuck. And I do believe that would be another route that um, individuals can take if that environment is not there at their church. And so that's why full gospel is the place to be because it is there for us, right? Very true. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. We do have a really great environment. And it's great because we even had, you know, a um, Bible study session on mental health, which really helped me a lot. Um, so I'm glad we were able to have that type of open, honest conversation, because that's the first time I've ever seen for me that in in a church in general for someone to for that to be a church session. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, you have people who have their careers within the church and they talk about it. But for that to be like a full Bible study study topic, that was different for me. And it just really helped me to realize, like, you know, because I'm coming from an environment where, like I said, that wasn't talked about. So 
it was different and it was new and it just it was kind of weird almost <laughs> to experience it because it's like you know I have questions how do I ask questions and what can I say what can't I say and you know, it definitely mm -hmm. was eye-opening for me to be able to hear that. But like you said, just being in an environment like that is really, really helpful for you to, you know, want to to get the help, even if you don't necessarily have a problem, but just being exposed to knowledge and being exposed to things that, okay, maybe I haven't thought about this in that way. You know what I mean? And I guess that kind of leads into one of my next questions because I'm coming up with so many questions all at once. But <laughs> one of my next questions would be like, you know, there there's a bit of a, a generational gap almost. I feel mm -hmm. like, um, you know, from from an older perspective, a lot of these things were not discussed. And that kind of, you know, goes down through generations of their children and their children because you know my mama didn't talk about it so I'm not going to talk about it because my daddy didn't talk about it I'm not going to talk about it and then it kind of creates this barrier almost to, that's hard to break so what would you say to those people both younger and older generation of just I guess being open to the conversation like how mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know like for me for example me telling my parents like hey I'm in therapy. Like, how do I do that? <laughs> you know? <laughs> right, right, right. And so, again, I think it's just all about educating um, individuals who lack the knowledge um, in this area, educating those individuals on the benefits, educating. I think Jennifer Lewis, I believe she's an actress. Jen Jennifer Lewis talked about her being in therapy for, what, 20, 30 years, weekly, for 20, wow. 30 years, you know, and how it saved her life. And so um, given that education um, for individuals to understand, this is something that has been taking place for years. It's not new. It is not new. It's been taking place for years. It's just been a lack in our community for so long. And you know, it's not something that just started. It's been taking place. It's proven to be effective. If you look at the research that's been done, it's proven to be effective. And, you know, just point blank period, I am trying to be my best self. And if yeah. I am trying to be my best self, you know, what can I lose? I need to take this risk. I tell my daughter all the time, we take risk, even if we take the risk and things don't turn out how we wanted them to turn out, we have no regrets. And okay. so what's the harm in someone enrolling in therapy? What's the harm? There's no harm. You're going after something and you're investing in yourself so that you can better yourself and so that you can grow, even if it's not you necessarily um, experiencing mental health challenges you're growing and you're investing in yourself because you're learning about yourself and you're learning about something new and we are forever learners right we're, we're going to learn until we die and so um that's just kind of my approach and how i try to help explain to individuals um you know when trying to decide should i should i not should i tell someone that i'm going um you know we we are we are risk takers you know we take right. the risk um you know if things don't turn out how we want them to that's fine we have no regrets and um 
you know, we have more knowledge at the end of the day. Yeah, all that was was really, really good. Um, and I guess my next kind of question topic a little bit would be like, how how would you define a Christian counselor or therapist? So a Christian counselor or a Christian therapist is someone who um, base their um, base their knowledge and their therapy practices um, from the Bible or from their um, personal relationship that they have with God. You know, um, their the teachings that they receive uh, from their pastors, you know, on Sunday mornings, um, those are the things that guide therapy for them. Um, and so versus someone maybe who's not a Christian, uh, therapist or counselor, um, those individuals, um, not saying that they would not, uh, maybe have certain values and certain, um, you know, feelings and thoughts from like a spiritual perspective, but, um, it's more so one of those, um, I guess worldly <laughs> views. You know, you can someone can present with with a situation, um, and you know, I definitely don't want to call out anything because I don't want no problem. But someone right. can present with a situation, and mm -hmm. you know, you can you can counsel them from a from a worldly or a physical standpoint, or you can let the word of God be your guide and how you counsel them. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference, you know, there's a difference. And so um, those are, you know, just from what I've seen, the Christian therapists, they try to let the word of God and um, the teachings of the, you know, their pastors, of course, the pastor's teachings comes from the word of God and their personal relationships with God be the guiding light mm -hmm. for how they go about helping individuals. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, I have a question. So in your opinion, what um, are the qualities of a good therapist? Okay, so in my opinion, the qualities of a good therapist is someone who, number one, has been in therapy <laughs> prior. Um, and that's one question I, you know, someone's looking for a therapist, ask, you know, have you been that's through therapy? Yeah. I never thought yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been through therapy before? <laughs> what was your experience like? You know, and so um, having someone who not only um, sits in that seat of therapist, but also has sat in that seat of client. And so um, that's the first thing. The second thing is um, being a good listener. You know, someone who can um, allow you to get out what you're feeling, um, what you're thinking um, before there's a rebuttal, before there's a response. Um, and so, you know, pretty much that's just practicing effective and, and positive communication, allowing someone to get out what they're thinking, feeling the entire question, the entire statement. So good listening skills. Um Someone who is um, assertive, you know, someone who is um, up to speed or up to standard with whatever it is that they're practicing. If you say that you're a therapist and your um, expertise is 
you know, focusing or helping individuals who suffer from anxiety. I mean, when's the last time you did some research on this? When's the last time you went to a conference? When was, when is the last time you read a book? And people should ask therapists these things, just like you ask your medical. Well, I don't know if you, but I know I asked my doctor. Um, so this is your area. Where did you go to school? How long were you in school? Where did you do your residency? Um, so do y'all do CEUs? Like how long does it take? Um, so is it every year? Have you been this year? And so for me, I'm just inquisitive. I ask a lot of questions to any and everybody. Um, but in order for you to find a good therapist, I think those questions are necessary because therapy should be an environment where there's no judgment. It should be an environment where you're able to be free. You can show the good, the bad, the ugly. You should be able to um, you know, like I tell some of the children that I work with, although it's not right, you can curse me out today and tomorrow I'm going to show up and I'm going to love you. Um, I can't hold that against you. I'm here to help you. And so I can't hold that against you. And so having someone who is able to, um, allow you just to be free, of course, you know, people need to learn to be respectful, you know, but everybody's not there. And so having someone who allows someone to be free, um, to be open, to be vulnerable um, with no judgment and show up next week and see me for the person that I am and not for what I exhibited last week. I think that's very important. Do you think that's something that you're able to gather within like the first session or would that take time? Um, it depends. It can vary. And so that's why I think it's important to ask those questions. How do you, you know, and, and one of the questions you pose um, to the therapist is, how do you deal with individuals who maybe at times, you know, hey, I may have an outburst. I may get so angry and I may say some things. Will you hold that against me or will you allow me to return and you can still respect me and I can respect you? You know, I mean, you, it's important to ask those questions up front. Yeah, I agree. Um, so my next question is, how, if, if you're taking the time, you know, in, in the church to, to talk with your, your leaders, um, is, is there a point where, I don't know how to ask this. Cause I'm not, I'm not trying to say that spiritual leaders aren't helpful, but is there a point where like therapy would be needed more than talking to your spiritual leaders, if that makes sense? And how would you know that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I respect all pastors, preachers, um, the fivefold. I respect them. You know, my dad is a preacher. I respect them. Um, but they are not mental health professionals. They are not mental health professionals in a sense of, um, I mean, I can see someone and I can see some of the symptoms that they're exhibiting and I can just like call it out like okay yeah I see what that is I know what that is okay yeah I've seen that before um I can see an individual who starts on a medication on the first of the month and I can see the behaviors and then on the 20 
first of the 22nd of the month after the medications got into their system, um, I can see the difference. And I know it's because of the psychotropic medication. Um, I can pick up on those things because I've been working in the field so long and I have um, been able to, uh, you know, learn from so many great knowledgeable psychiatrists. And so um, our pastors, our Sunday school teachers, um, our, our praise leaders, those people are not mental health professionals if they have not gone through some academia and received some type of professional license from a board. Um, they're not mental health professionals. And by no way am I minimizing their role and the importance of their role. Um, but they're not mental health professionals. And so I do believe some individuals um, need to go further with um, seeking services outside of the church. Um, now, with that being said, it's kind of a twofold thing because, um, you know, God really provides comfort. Um, he provides, um, you know, what we need in order to be okay. But everyone um, is not at the same level. Everyone is not at the same level um, in their spiritual walk with God to tap into that. Um, and so some individuals who may have mental health struggles um, may, you know, they can go to their pastor. They can go to um, their Sunday school teacher. You know, they can receive prayer. They can. Um, you know, set time where they talk to the pastor and that works, that helps. But for some individuals, I mean, it's a little past what um, a spiritual leader can, can provide um, if they're not trained as a mental health professional. And so um, again, I'm not minimizing spiritual leaders, but um, sometimes individuals need help outside of the church. But I do believe everything should start at the church, if that makes sense. Yeah, it definitely does. And I think it's important for people to, like, develop those relationships within the church and be comfortable enough to go to your leaders. Because, like you said, they can be a guidance, you know, to where you go. So even if they, you know, can only help you but so far, they can help you even in choosing a therapist. Like, maybe you just need to go to them and say, hey, this is this counselor that I want to see. What do you think? Like, you know, can you, like you said, pray with me on this and see if this person is going to benefit me or if this person, you know, isn't necessarily going to help. So right. I think right, it's definitely something that we could, you know, go to our leaders about and get them involved in the, the process. Um, right. So and Pastor Ron, our pastor, he's been really, really great with that. Um, you know, mm -hmm. there have been individuals who he's referred to um, a, a therapist in our church. And so um, he's very um, honed in on the needs of, of, of others and recognizing that some of the help um, is outside of his his area. And he's been really good with um, referring individuals. And so, again, you know, that's why Full Gospel is just a, a great place to be. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think every church should have these practices because if mental health um, was not a talk, it is definitely a talk now um, with the pandemic and, yeah. you know, children being um, at home, you know, through virtual learning. Um, it's affected, you know, the pandemic, it's affected a lot of people and a lot of people's mental health 
has been affected. It's 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 been affected, you know, from from the elderly down to the small children. And so um, it's it's not going away. It's been here for a while. Um, the talks, I mean, the services, the medications, the therapy, um, there's just been a lack in our community, I believe. And I was going to I was I was going to ask about because um, you did mention how our pastor, for example, actually recommends people to seek therapy. So I was going to ask, do you think. I was going to put this. Uh, I guess it's two questions. One, do you think that maybe congregations should have like an in-house therapist or at least one that's affiliated with the congregation? Oh, absolutely. Because again, the church is a place of safety and refuge for its members and also for the community. And so we should be able to go to the church for everything that we need. Again, not necessarily stating that what we need is in the church, but it should start in the church. And so having a on-site or on-staff therapist for each congregation, I truly believe that, um, you know, that would be a benefit to every congregation. And then, like, we're really talking holistic, uh, a holistic approach, like, you know, a therapist and a pastor. I mean, come on, that's like a bomb combination right. in my right. humble opinion <laughs> so um i do believe it would be beneficial for every church congregation to have someone um you know if it's someone who's in the congregation who's a member or someone that's not necessarily a member but it's kind of uh the go-to for the church if there's a situation an issue someone's struggling we can refer to this individual person there's a go-to person and then my follow-up before I pass the buck, I was going to also ask, do you think that spiritual leaders should get some form of education in the mental health field? Um, Education as in like formal education or <laughs> um, just, you know, some trainings maybe? I mean, what what would you recommend? Well, um, you know, I don't I don't think it's necessary for them to go through formal education and get like degrees. But I do think it would be beneficial to take some trainings, you know, some crisis training, you know, individuals maybe who is exhibiting or in a crisis in the church, um, you know, so that they can be able they can have knowledge on you know, how do we handle this? What do we need to do? But I don't think they should probably get, unless they just want to, um, that individual, that therapist in the church or the one that, you know, you refer out to who's the go-to. Um, I believe that person is, is who should be the person, you know, the person. But I do think it would be beneficial for, for leaders, for pastors to um, have some training, you know, because, it's a part of us, you know, and if you're leading people um, and the Bible, of course, is the go to the Bible is the go to for everything. Um, and as I stated, everything starts within the church. But 
sometimes we have to go outside and get outside help. And so having a pastor or, or a leader who has, you know, some knowledge, has some training, um, I think it would benefit the congregation and it would benefit the pastor because the pastor would be able to help the congregation better. Um, even if it's just for educational purposes, learning and knowing the terminology, you know, if that mental health person reports back and says, Hey, you know, this is what, um, you know, we've come up with this person's experiencing um, psychosis. We're going to go ahead and get them PC. What if the pastor doesn't even know what that means, you know? And so I think it's important um, for them to have some training, just even if it's for communication purposes. Um, but if they would prefer to go and get formal education, that would be great too. But I don't, I don't know if I was a pastor, I don't know if I would want to go back, go to school and get a degree to be a licensed therapist. Like, mm, yeah, I probably wouldn't want to do that. But again, if that's something they would want to do, you know, go for it. But I don't think it's, it's necessary, but I do believe it would be beneficial for them to have some type of training or, you know, some type of, uh, attend a conference or something. And, uh, become a, a breast to mental illnesses and, you know, uh, the terminology and the language and, and also, uh, you know, the resources within their area. You know, if, if someone isn't, a, the mental health professional isn't available, they can have knowledge of the resources and, and possibly refer someone to a um, higher level of service if, if that's needed. And so um, I think I answered your question. Did I or did I not? You definitely did. You definitely did. All right. Okay. So what are some signs and symptoms of a mental crisis? Like how would a person know that they need help? Okay. And so whenever we start, so you can have an individual who's worried about a situation. Um, you know, I could be worried about, um, hey, you know, the news reports, there's a storm coming. Um, you know, they're telling us that, um, you know, we may flood or we may have high winds. I can worry about that. I can plan. I can go and purchase water and um, flashlights. And um, it's a normal worry, right? A, a normal, um, typical worry for an individual who's heard, hey, a storm is coming. What do I need to do? Um, what we need to focus on and worry about is when individuals have um, excessive worrying, okay, to the point to where it interferes with their lives. It interferes with sleep. I can't even sleep because all I'm worried about is the storm coming in the next two days and I don't want the storm to hit me. I don't want to flood. I mean, I just, I can't sleep. I can't eat or I'm eating too much. It starts to interfere with your daily life. Um, your sleeping patterns are off. Your eating habits um, change drastically. Um, your relationships um, with other individuals sometimes becomes toxic or even violent. Um, sometimes, you know, your, your, uh, your employment, you know, individuals start to miss work um, or start to stay uh, work, working late multiple nights a week. And so um, paying attention to excessiveness in this case, worry, um, and patterns change, behaviors change, and your life is, um, your daily living is, it, it, there's interference. 
that stems from you worrying about this storm is coming, if that makes sense. So there's a normal worry and then there's an excessive worry. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So with that, um, you have mentioned, you know, like being in this profession, you can kind of see that on mm-hmm. a lot of people. So do you ever, do you, or I guess, would you ever go to someone and be like, hey, you know, it looks like you might need a little help. Like, would you find yourself like nudging somebody in the direction of therapy because of that? Oh, absolutely (laughs) all the time (laughs) yes all the time like seriously I can meet someone in a grocery store Uh um I met a young lady through at the uh, McDonald's drive-thru the other day and so I invited her to church and I pray she comes to church but I invited her to church and you know um her response the response she gave me Uh you know um and her demeanor you know just that depressive state, you know, um, that, uh, very like emotional state. I mean, and, and again, depending on where you are in your life and what's going on, you know, you can lose a family member. Um, of course you're going to be down, you're going to be emotional, you know, um, and that may be the situation for, you know, a few days, a few weeks. I don't know, but just because, um, you know, uh, you woke up and today is Wednesday and you're down, mm-hmm. I mean, it's deeper. It's deeper yeah. than than that, you know. And so um, just, you know, certain responses that I get from people, I'm like, okay, yeah, it's deeper. Or just, again, just observing and, and monitoring, um, you know, uh, people who, you know, maybe who rambles when they talk, you know, they just ramble, 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 fast speech. I mean, it possibly could be something. And then sometimes it may not be something, you know, but I, I just pay attention to people's behavior so much. And sometimes I'm yeah. like, Oh my God, like I just need to stop. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, absolutely. I've met people and I've uh, kind of, gauged uh their responses and their demeanor and their behaviors and you know said hey you know it just seems like it's a little something deeper you know would you like to talk about it um Mm -hmm. is there any way i can help and some people you know they do open up and you know from there you know Mm -hmm. hey sis you know i believe you can benefit from therapy you know uh based on what you shared with me or some people you know no i'm good you know and it's fine well i'm here if you want here's my information and so that i'm doing that like all of the time (laughs) okay um and then kind of going back to um you know uh talking with our christian leaders do you find that sometimes it's easier for people to kind of like open up and talk to this stranger than it is to open up to our leaders and why is that yeah and so i do believe and i don't think it's just um you know necessarily like spiritual leaders, I just think sometimes it's easier for people to open up and talk to strangers. Um, you know, um, I had a mom the other day tell me, I don't understand why my daughter's talking to you. She's opened up to you. I mean, she doesn't even know you. I don't know you. We just met you. And she's, you know, she's opened up to you. And I've been trying to 
talk with her and I'm like, this is no representation of you as a parent. You know, sometimes it's just easier for people to open up and talk to people that they don't know, you know? And so um, sometimes that's the case. And then sometimes it's not. Um, I do believe that the spiritual leaders set the tone for individuals um, to allow them to feel that comfort and that security in going, you know, hey, I'm open, I'm here. Um, the spiritual leaders set the tone for that. And mm -hmm. so um, sometimes, you know, it is better uh, for some individuals to talk to spiritual leaders. And then at times, I do believe that um, it's better for them to talk to individuals who are, um, you know, who, who I, they don't know them. But again, going back to my statement, everything should start in the church. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so <laughs> I know we've been asking Julie a lot of questions, but I kind of want to like open it up to the rest of the people here. Um, now that you've heard or with everything you've heard so far, like how are you guys feeling? Like, um, like, what do you think about your own like personal journeys? Like, are you feeling that this is helpful do you feel like this is something that you would need to apply do you think you need therapy like what how are you guys feeling <laughs> it's been really helpful um i think i need to go find a therapist <laughs> but um yeah we're very educational what about you john um i can definitely say i've known for a while that I need to go to therapy. It's just a matter of actually taking that step to go. Uh, and I know that that sounds crazy. Like, why wouldn't you go if you know you need to go? But like, it's just to make that move, I guess, is the, I just, I guess I need a push, I suppose. A push in what direction? Like, what do you mean? I don't know. I'm just like, because like, obviously, I, I, I know I, I need to go because I know I have some things that probably need to be talked out. But I just haven't gotten out of myself enough to want to talk about them with someone i suppose i for me i have a lot of things i need to unlearn i have a lot of childhood trauma that i need to let go of or what's the word i'm looking for i think i hope you understand what i'm where i'm going with this um, I think so. Yeah. 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 Things like that. Yeah. So individuals who um deal with trauma, especially childhood trauma. So I'm a certified clinical trauma specialist as well. And so individuals who deal with um childhood trauma, a lot of the things that are dealt with in childhood or experienced in childhood is kind of pushed back. It's pushed back. Um, and so um, it's not dealt with. And if there are triggers that bring up those experiences, it's kind of like, okay, I need to suppress this. I need to suppress it. 
And so once you decide, you know what, I need to deal with it. I need to go back. I need to go back in time and deal with it. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot physically on the body. Um, it's a lot, um, you know, mentally to deal with, but it's definitely uh, beneficial because you come out on the other side when you go through the process and you go through trauma therapy um, because of things that you've experienced as a child. But I do understand, um, Brandy, where you're coming from, because, again, um, you know, I'm just correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure you suppress a lot of things. You know, you just push it down, push it back, push it down, push it back. And so um, I always tell people we have to deal with our trauma or they will deal with us. And that's the absolute truth. We have to deal with it or they will deal with us um, eventually. And so um, I do encourage you, if you believe you've experienced some childhood trauma, to um, reach out to a trauma-informed therapist and, you know, get the help that you need so that you can deal with um, some of those things, go back in time, deal with it so that you can jump that hurdle and move forward in your life. That was good. Um, and sorry if I put y'all on the spot for that. I was just curious. Um, <laughs> so uh, my, I have another question. Um, how as a mental health advocate, as a life coach, as a Christian, how do you navigate and approach church hurt? Ooh, yes. <laughs> um, and so, you know, offenses will come is what the word tells us, right? Yeah. <laughs> offenses will come. They will come and they have. Yes, indeed, they've come in my life. Felt but... <laughs> But um, honestly, my relationship with God is way more important and it's way more, um, uh, you know, powerful than the offense, you know. And so yeah. with that, I'm going to continue to show up <laughs> mm -hmm. with a smile. I'm going to continue to show up and give God what he deserves. Um, you know, the people that have hurt me in church, I've experienced church hurt. The people that have hurt me in church, um, they were not there when God healed me and I don't have panic attacks anymore. They weren't there when God delivered me, when God saved me, they weren't there. Yeah. And so, um, church hurt again, offenses will come, but my relationship with God is more important and it's more powerful than that hurt. And so that's the perspective that I have. And I just try to keep that perspective um, and show up and give God what he deserves um, because again, they weren't there. <laughs> and yeah. so um, we just have to push through, you know, we have to push through and it's the same in life. We have to push through those hard times. We have to push through those um, obstacles. We have to push through the disappointment through the hurt, through the pain and whatever the pushing through looks like for you, it may be different, you know, versus what it looks like for me. Um, but we have to push through. And so that's actually the um, meaning behind the organization live to win. I literally live to win. I teach my daughter, we live to win. And what does that mean? I don't care what we're faced. I don't care how, um, you know, many detours we have to take. I don't care how many times we're hurt, disappointed. We wake up, we show up, 
we do what God has called us to do and we win in the end. We win. It's that simple. We win. So, um, you know, not minimizing church hurt. It is a horrible thing to mm -hmm. experience. Um, and so being honest, you know, if you are hurting because of church hurt, be honest, have that conversation with someone who have hurt you or have that mental health professional or your church, your pastor, one of your spiritual leaders support you in that conversation to help navigate you and navigate that conversation with that person. Because um, sometimes we're hurt and people who hurt us don't even know they hurt us. You True. know? Yeah. And then sometimes, you know, people know what they've done. They know what they've done and we don't have to say a <laughs> word. <laughs> But, um, you know, God is bigger. God is greater. Our relationship with him is greater. And our relationship with him and what he, he is capable of doing is more powerful than that hurt. And so having that mindset, I can't do nothing but show up. Yeah. Yeah. So question, as a person who has anxiety and panic attacks, how do you navigate through those? Because I've heard you mention you used to have panic attacks. Yes. I deal with that. Yes, 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 yes. And so for me, um, trying to figure out what is going on with me. Why am I having panic attacks? Like, what are the triggers? Where is this coming from? Um, my first thing, of course, was to really seek God. Like, God, what are, is there something you're trying to tell me? Like, show me what should I be doing? What should I stop doing? Like what's going on? And so I was up y'all praying two in the morning, four in the morning, praying, seeking God, crying out like, Lord, what is it? Show me, help me. I need your help. You told us that you're not unto them that are of a broken heart or, you know, when we need help, Lord, you are our help in time of trouble. I went to God, number one, number one, but I didn't stop there. Um, I went to my doctor. I told my doctor, Hey, this is what I'm experiencing. This is what I'm going through. Um, I'm having panic attacks. You know, do you think medication would be beneficial for me right now? At one point, my doctor said, no, absolutely not. I don't think that you're where you need to be on medication. Um, later on, my doctor told me, yes, you should be on medication. You know, we'll start you on a small dosage. And so I went through all of that, seeking God, um, you know, making some changes in my life, uh, you know, uh, taking vitamins every day. Like that changed just <laughs> taking vitamins every day, like literally C and D and zinc and, you know, getting lab work done to see that my iron was low. All of those things play a part in people who have anxiety and, and panic attacks. And I didn't know that. And so, um, Seeking God, going to my doctor, going to therapy, trying to figure out, okay, what's the connection? Um, you know, wh where is this stemming from? What's the trigger? Um, taking medication, getting off of medication, um, you know, making some changes in my life. It took all of that. It took all of that to get me to where I am. And Although I started the medication and I've stopped the medication and I've started the medication, I just walk in healing. You know, I don't have panic attacks anymore. I walk in healing um, because 
God wants us to be whole. He wants us to walk in wholeness and he wants us to have abundant life. And, you know, even before I was healed, I was walking and healing and claiming healing even before I was healed of that. Um, and so, you know, Brandy, I just learned different techniques and strategies for myself. Um, we definitely offline, I can get with you and share some things, uh, tapping, deep breathing, um, you know, you're having a panic attack. You can't sit still. You have to get up and you have to move around uh, grounding, talking about the five senses. What do I see? What do I taste? What do I smell? What do I hear? All of these things that therapy teaches you. Um, it helped me. And it took all of that. It took a combination of all of that um, for me to get where I am. And so it does take work. Um, but God wants to heal us. You know, the scripture tells us, um, if you don't heal us, we won't be healed. If you don't save us, we won't be saved. And so God wants to heal us. And sometimes, um, you know, it takes all of that um, in order for us to be healed. And the individuals who practice medicine, who do you think um, gave them the tenacity, the courage, the perseverance to go through medical school? Because I don't have it. I'm not going through nobody's medical school. So God gave them that. God gave them that drive. He placed that on the inside of them. And so all of that, a combination of all of that helped me to get to where I am. And um, I'm grateful for it. It was, you know, revealed to me um, in prayer and, you know, self-searching where my panic attack stemmed from. And I had to get rid of some things in my life, you know. And so seeking God, crying out to him quoting his word back to him because his word won't return void, um, seeking professional help. You know, sometimes medication may be the route, um, making some changes, changing your diet, you know, increasing vitamins, uh, high, staying hydrated. All of those things um, helped me. And again, we can talk offline. Brandy, I definitely can share some things with you um, from a clinical aspect. You know, the things I mentioned, the deep breathing, the grounding, um, those things um, helped me as well. Things that you learn in therapy, like no one's talking on the street corner as they pass a blunt about grounding because you learned it in therapy, right? So it's important to go to therapy because you learn things that, you know, just random people walking and talking, they don't know. And so that's the benefit. Okay, and 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 thank you, Julie, for that because that was shoot that taught me some stuff already. <laughs> that Very good, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna start applying to my own, you know, mental health journey. But I also wanted to ask, what was I about to ask? Um, because you mentioned all of these things about the connection between the health of the physical and the health of your mental. And mm -hmm. so can we can we go into that a little bit more, like talking about how important it is to keep your body healthy so that your mind will be healthy, too? Right. And so Heath Lambert, there's an article that Heath, H-E-A-T-H, -E Lambert, L-A-M-B-R-T. Heath Lambert said 
Caring for people means being alert to physical problems that require medical treatments and spiritual problems that require Christ and his word. And so it's a combination of both. The spiritual, which is the mental, and then the physical, you know, it's a combination of both. They work hand in hand. You know, what we think and what we, um, you know, things that we allow into our system through vision, through hearing, um, into our hearts and our minds, those things affect us physically. And so it works hand in hand. You know, um, there's a physical issue with you going on. If you do not tend to that physical issue, um, it will affect you mentally. And if there's a mental issue um, that you're dealing with, if you do not tend to it, I guarantee over time it's going to affect you physically. You'll start to stop caring for yourself physically. Um, your hygiene may suffer eventually because you've become so, 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 um, you know, disconnected. And I'm talking about individuals, of course, who now has gone into that psychosis state when dealing with mental illnesses. Their physical um, health and physical appearance, it, it's affected. It goes hand in hand. It works together. Our body, we're one body and we can't separate. We can't separate and say, okay, well, I'll just deal with, you know, um, diabetes. I'm, I'm, I've been diagnosed with diabetes. Um, I'll, I'll deal with that in a way um, where it won't affect my mental, my mental state. Well, that's not true because if you take the medication that you're supposed to take for the diabetes diagnosis, that improves your mental state. If you don't take it, you possibly, I mean, depending on how you're eating, you may experience some confusion, some delirium. You may, uh, you know, you may uh, start to um, see things. I mean, it goes hand in hand. Your physical and your mental health goes hand in hand. And so caring for one and neglecting the other um, is not the answer. You know, it's, it's it, like I stated earlier, having that holistic approach and making sure every area um, is touched, is catered to is um you know taken care of so that you as a whole person can be okay okay so there are some therapeutic techniques that people use like meditation yoga mindfulness um as christians are those techniques like should we be using those techniques as a christian um does it stem from biblical principles well, I mean, meditation, like, what are you meditating on? I mean, we could meditate on the word of God. The Bible even tells us to meditate on the word day and night. So meditation literally is you, you know, taking some time out of your day to um, have some quiet time. You know, some people put on some soft music. Some people um, put on, you know, one of their favorite speakers. Um, you can put on your Bible app and that could be your, your meditation time where you sit in a quiet space, you have the Bible in your ear, your eyes are closed, however you're meditating, you know, and, and you can listen to the word of God. And so not saying if you have peaceful, calm ocean waves going, it's, it's an issue. That's okay. 
But I would prefer to have, you know, sometimes have the word of God um, playing because the word of God is alive. It's active. Um, it's a light, you know, to our feet. It's it's a lamp to our path, meaning, you know, if we're in a dark world and this world is very dark. Um, if the word is the lamp and the light, we need that to guide us. So that should be our go to. You know, when we're meditating, um, even yoga, that's just physical exercise. You know, um, <laughs> the Bible states that, um, you know, the scripture I'm thinking of, I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but it, the scripture talks about us um, as our souls prosper, us being, um, I can't think of it, it's at the tip of my tongue, um, but I'm trying to say us being physically um, being, being healthy physically, uh, also being, um, successful, you know, in this world. Okay. Um, yeah. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Yes, absolutely. I was drawing a blank. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yoga is, is physical activity and, you know, I mean, so all, all of those things I believe are okay because it's biblical and God, again, he wants us to have abundant life and abundant life to me is every area of my life. I'm thriving. You know, I'm, I'm living in abundance. I'm thriving in love and peace and joy, but I'm also thriving, um, you know, mentally. I'm, I'm living in abundance in my mental state. You know, um, I'm not allowing stressful situations to take me out. I'm not allowing stressful situations to get me so down and out um, where I'm so depressed and I don't have any hope, you know, because our hope is in Jesus. And so, um, you know, us doing those things, yoga, meditation, I believe those things are fine and it's actually biblical, but I do believe it's important while you're doing those things, um, you know, what are you listening to? What are you allowing in your ears? Who are you with? Who are you around? You know, because those things matter as well. But I do believe those things are biblical, being healthy physically um, and then, you know, uh, participating in some meditation and, 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 you know, having the word of God in our minds, it tells us to hide the word in our hearts. So I think those things are absolutely biblical. Okay. I just have one more additional question mm -hmm. um, for someone who is getting started in this career field like myself. Um, how, what kind of advice would you give for me? Like becoming um, not just a counselor, but like a Christian counselor, like what, what kind of advice would you give? Okay. First of all, I would like to commend you. Um, so social work and counseling is the fastest growing industry, um, since 2020. Um, again, because of what the world experienced, um, there's a lot of people who have, who suffered and who's been affected, um, mentally. Um, by what's happened in the world with, um, you know, the pandemic, police shootings, um, just a lot of different um, things that's taken place. And so mm -hmm. I absolutely commend you because it's needed, number mm -hmm. one, um, you know, and, and it's a hard field, but it's a rewarding field. And yeah. so my number one, number one piece of advice would be um, to take care of yourself. 
take care of yourself, you can easily become burnout because of dealing with other people's um, issues and challenges every single day, you can become burnout. And so setting boundaries and taking care of yourself, um, you know, you can't make every event, you can't help everybody, you can't solve everybody's problems, you can't um, show up and support everybody because that's just the heart and nature, I believe, of a counselor, of a social worker. You know, we want to support and be there, um, but we can't. And so setting boundaries, taking care of yourself and, uh, you know, making sure you're getting what you need in order to be OK and to be the best counselor that you can be for your clients. Awesome. That was mm-hmm. good. Yes, yes. Any additional questions from the team? Nah, I think I'm good. Okay. Brandy? No. All hearts and minds are clear. (laughs) All hearts and minds are clear. I just have one more thing. Yes, Um, ma'am. One last thing. In Luke 10 and 34, the Samaritan woman, she saw an injured man. He was injured. She saw an injury. Okay, a physical injury. She saw it with her eyes. She poured oil and she poured wine into his wounds. She took him to the end and she took care of him. She saw a physical wound. Okay, she poured wine and oil into his wounds and she took him to the end and she took care of him. Why is that okay? But it's not okay for me as a mental health professional to see an individual who has a wound, who's hurting who's depressed, who's experiencing anxiety, and not take that person, give them techniques, give them coping mechanisms, refer them to a psychiatrist if medication is needed, and take care of them through therapy. Why is it not okay? That is so good. Oh, my God. That is so good. You hear that, listeners? That That was a powerful ending. Wait a second. I like that one. I really did. That really just just encouraged me. Because that's so true. Like we, you know, a lot of people think like, oh, like physical wounds is what we're supposed to address. Like you see somebody bleeding, go get a band-aid. Like, you know what I mean? But people's minds and hearts are important. And people are doing things every day. And you're right. Like, why can't, why isn't that the help that we can provide? Why is it wrong for us to provide that help? And, And if, if, God gave us these gifts and these talents, like we're supposed to use them. Absolutely. No one can tell us, you know, well, that's not what your gift is for. If if that's my God ordained gift and God told me this is what I'm supposed to do. Like, you know what I mean? Like, who are you to tell me that I can't because you don't agree with it? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. That was good. Ooh, my heart feels good now. (laughs) (laughs) With, with, was that their hot take? I think it's time for it. I know in their hotline bling. I can only mean what that. All right, y'all. So we know when that sound comes on, it is time for our hotline question of the night. Yay. Um, I'm going to generate some numbers, and whoever it lands on will ask Sister Julie a question. Unless it lands on Sister Julie, then you will have to ask us a question. So it's random. It doesn't have to relate to this topic, but it has to be thought-provoking. So, with that being said, everybody, let's pick a number. I got number two. Picking three. Five. That's before. 
one through four, Miss. <laughs> <laughs> I got two. Joe got three. John, Sister Julie? Four. Then I'll take one. All right, let's go. Sue, was that me? Yes, ma'am. All right. Um, Sister Julie, my question is, what is the difference between living and existing. Ooh. Oh my God, living and existing. You know, you just existing. You just in the world existing. You just not hopeful. You just wasting time and wasting space. You are just existing. You are not investing in yourself. You are not helping other people. You are not doing what God has called you to do. You are just existing, taking up space in the world. But when you're living, you're doing what God has called you to do. You're helping others. You're encouraging, you're empowering others. All while you're working on yourself, you're investing in yourself so that you can be the person that God has called you to be. Well, all right then. The doors of the church are not open. That's good. <laughs> Does Joe, John, do y'all have anything to add on to that? Um, I think more or less she Julie covered everything. It's like honestly, because living there's so much to life, mm-hmm. you know. So if if you're just, I guess if you're just taking living is about appreciating what we have because everybody has an existence, but I think you got to appreciate it to really live. So, like, just taking the time out to just, shoot, get some fresh air, get some sunshine, you know, and just take the time to be and do things that feel fulfilling. Not just getting up, going to work, coming home, going to sleep, getting up, going to work, coming home. Like, that's not life, you know? Get out and enjoy the earth that God gave us. Absolutely. And one thing I would like to add, existing is focusing on self. Living is focusing on others in the general aspect. I do agree with you, Jonathan. Get out, enjoy life. You know, listen to the birds chirp. Let the the sun, you know, just beam on your back. I absolutely agree. I'm appreciating life. But existing, you know, focusing on self. Um, focusing on what I can do for me, what I can do, what can I buy, what outfit can I buy, what's the next trip I'm taking, what's the next pair of shoes I'm going to buy for me, living, um, what can I do for somebody else, how can I help somebody else, how can I impart into somebody else, most of the acts of Jesus in the Bible, most of them were for other people, not for himself. That's true. And so, so to me, mm-hmm. go ahead, go ahead. You can finish. Go ahead. No, no, no. And so to me, you know, just adding on to the difference between existing and living, um, you know, j- again, just in a general aspect, not, um, you know, of course, we need to take care of ourselves. I'm all for that. But life is not about ourselves all the time. It's about other people. It's about us giving to other people, helping other people, supporting other people, praying for other people, giving money to other people. 
giving other people food, giving somebody a ride, you know, I mean, blessing somebody else, giving somebody some information, giving somebody a hug. It's about other people. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, are you existing or are you living? <laughs> oh, I'm living, child. <laughs> Agreed. I'm I'm living. And just, just to add a little like two cents on it, you know, I just immediately thought about the scripture. Um, you know, God gives us life and death, and he wants us to choose life. So for me, if I'm living, that means I'm choosing God. If I'm existing, that means I didn't choose God. Right. So for me, if I am, and also it has to do with um, like Sister Julie said, like how you care for others. Like life isn't about just you. You don't live this life alone. There's like how many, like 7 billion people on this planet, if I got the number correct. Like, you know, so it's not just about you and, and living is about impacting and existing is just like, I'm, I'm a part of this. I'm just here, you know, like, but if I'm living, that means I'm doing things. That's I'm, I'm, I'm affecting the person next to me and that person's affecting the person next to me. It's about us as a collective, not just individual, like Julie said. So that's my little two cents. Yep, yep. All right. Well, that was a good question. That was very thought provoking. Um, so we obviously pose a question to our listeners. Tell us, are you living or are you just existing? And what does it mean to live? Um, so share that in the comments. But as we wrap up for the night, we would like to thank our very special guest, Miss Julie, for being with us tonight. Yes, yes. <laughs> thank you for sharing. Thank you for imparting knowledge. Thank you for just allowing us to think. And whatever you got from this, anybody like literally this was a really good conversation so i hope you did gain something from this i hope you spend some time thinking meditating taking your situations to god taking it to your leaves whatever you got run with it because this is powerful stuff so again like i said thank you for joining us um and we will see you guys for our afterburner at 8 45. don't forget to follow us on all our various socials all of those things so with and that. if you haven't yet shared, share it with your friends. Tell a friend to 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 tell their family members. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. About the Christian call center. Where Jesus is on the main line and we're online too. <laughs> <laughs>